Hello, I'm Justin Perkins. This is Talk Junkie. Let's get everything out of the way at the first. Uh, my new book, Creating the Perfect Slaves, is available at the Red Spotted Newt, R-E-A-D, Red Spotted Newt in Hazard, Kentucky. If you're going to get it anywhere, get it there. That's where I prefer you get it. Uh, if you need any kind of books whatsoever, you can get it there. Uh, they do shipping, or even through all this, they're open three days a week. You can find them on Facebook. You can get my book there if you don't. For some reason, want to get it there? You're not able to get it there. It is available on Amazon, uh, and it is available for Amazon Prime free shipping. There's absolutely no excuse to not get it from the Red Spotted Newt. Um, you know, I, I order from them. Tell them I said to 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 beat the uh, we'll we'll beat the the Amazon price. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's it's better to support local businesses. Trust me. Um, speaking of local businesses, if you're in the market for jiu-jitsu and you're in eastern Kentucky and you want to meet some of the greatest people you'll meet in your whole life, some of the best, that sounds like a Trump statement, we've got the best, these are the best people, I'm telling you, yeah, these really are good people and they really are just really nice and that means a lot, how they treat, you know, if you're taking your children, if you're going as an adult, how people treat you and how, how you, what type of people you have to interact with somewhere means a lot, not to mention the fact that they're under really great instruction. Go to... Uh, Chain Reaction BJJ Hazard, Kentucky. You can look them up online. They've got a website. Look, I'm telling you, you can't beat these guys. Uh, they're at, under an affiliate school uh, under uh, Reaction MMA in Lexington, Kentucky. Top-notch, instru- top-notch instruction. Top-notch people. Check them out. If you're looking to start a podcast and do what I'm doing, check out Spreaker.com. This podcast is made on Spreaker. Uh, look, not all podcasting services are created equal. I'm not going to sit and lie to you and tell you that this is the best. I don't know. I just know that they've done good for me so far, and I've yet to leave them, so they're doing something right. And, no, it's not always what they put on there for you to say, but I, <laughs> I don't always say what I'm supposed to say. Okay. Um, I recently... Well, first off, I'm still on this hiatus from... Social media and news. Social media part's not that bad. Um, actually, I probably should stay off social media indefinitely. I do use the messenger still, but not on the pages scrolling or anything like that. The news aspect of it is is somewhat disturbing. You know, not not being like I don't know. You feel almost like you're completely not connected, and I don't know how much of that news is important. But knowing what's going on does have some sort of a reassuring feeling, at least to me. I don't know if it does to everybody. Uh, I think I mentioned this on another podcast because I have heard, you know, if people mention things to me, then we can talk about things and stuff like that. I just, I can't go, hey, man, what's going on in the world? You know, something like that's not fair. And I can't uh, get online and look up current situation or current news stories for that matter. But... There was the big explosion. I don't know if what this was. Again, all I know is what I've been told. I, I was told it, it's not a nuke. I don't know. I, I didn't expect it to be a nuke. <laughs> uh, I was told uh, it was a fireworks factory that it blew up. I was told that um, it could be a missile. Uh, I was told a lot of things. I was told, there, and I've been shown a couple of videos. Um, the videos is really kind of what got me thinking. You know, there is this 
apparent satisfaction to seeing that explosion. And I know that that's true. When you're little and you got a firework and you stick it in something that blows it up, <clears throat> I could see it in kids' eyes, this satisfaction that, that they get from, from seeing that destruction. It was dependent upon what I was doing, but I have felt that satisfaction, hands down, you know, with bigger firecrackers and stuff like that. But it, it extends outside. It's like shooting stuff, like shooting stuff with a gun and, and you know, just destroying something with a gun. Like there's this satisfaction there. There's this, this feeling there. And I, I was in fire training one year at the college for the fire department. And the instructor said, you know, you got to calm down that excitement, that rush, that feeling you get when your pager goes off or you roll up on a big fire. I realized something at that point. Something's not right with how I'm how I'm wired. Because there's good people. Really, really top-notch good people sitting in that class that I know personally that knew exactly what excitement he was talking about. But I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue. I actually even said, that makes me question if I'm cut out for this. And he said, why? And he said, when that, when that pager goes off, excited's not what I feel. Anxious is what I feel. Nervous is what I feel. And not because... Not just because. It's probably is to some degree because there's a chance that somebody, myself, or somebody in my fire department that I'm close with could get injured that night. But more than likely, especially with house fire, there's a chance for a loss of life. And there's a high, high likelihood that people are going to lose things. Things that matter to them. Lose their homes. Lose something that has value to them, but lose something that's going to impact them massively. And that bums me out, and that makes me sad. And I, I, I don't, I don't need that excitement. My life's exciting enough. I don't need that. You know, I don't, I don't need that to happen for me to feel good. That, that's a, a scary thought to me. I don't know. And some people, I think, agree with what I said, but a lot of people really thought, especially the younger guys or these young guys, look, I, I can remember being younger and, you know, people always have to act tough and act mean and I'll always joke and, you know, say, look, a lot of guys need to be tough. My papa Ford always told me, tough and stupid are the same exact thing. They're just spelled different. That's the only reason they're not on the same page of the dictionary. I don't, I don't need to be tough. If if you're someone in my life and, you know, you, you need me to be tough to be attracted to me, then don't be attracted to me. If you need me to be tough to admire me, don't admire me. If you need me to be tough to 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 trust me, don't, don't trust me. I don't want to tell you. 
I can be reliable. I can be dependable. I can be stern and I can be forceful when I need to be. I can be violent if need be. But I don't have to act tough all the time because generally that's a sign of people who aren't tough. People who have to act tough. So I, I'm I'm not a, a big proponent of tough. It doesn't... Sorry, I lost uh, all feed right there for a moment. I don't know exactly where I was, but I know the point I was getting to. I I struggle sometimes with how I perceive things. And and I perceive things wrong sometimes, and, and I, I take things wrong. Uh, I, I'll get defensive fairly easy, and that's something I need to work on. And I, I'll get... Um, I get complacent like anyone else. And, you know, there's things that maybe I should get defensive about that I don't. That I've I've become somewhat numb to. Now this video of this explosion, um, it's wild. Like, it, it's one of those things that, you know, I got to see the video. It, it's one of those things that it's hard to look away from. It, it's hard to... To forget, you don't see life being lost. You understand? Like, I, I know, I know a couple guys who their favorite pastime is watching bombing videos of just places getting the crap bombed out of them. You know, and and you know there's loss of life. They're desensitized to a point that. It's a game. Sniper videos are the same way for me. I read a really good article years back, and I can't remember the the sniper's name. But, you know, he said, a lot of people worry about the kind of individual who can join the military and sit and and do his profession of shooting human beings miles away when, or not miles, but, you know, thousands of feet away when, when, uh, or hundreds, I guess, when your life's in danger or the lives of others are in danger. And he said that is a hard thing to do, and he said it's not for everybody, and it's something that he wished was not necessary for him to have ever done. And who knows? Maybe it's not necessary for him to have ever done it. But he said he worried a lot more about people who could sit and watch real-life videos of it being done. To him... That was a mental condition. You know, that was that was insanity. And and the person doing the interview, if I remember correctly, said, Well, you know, what about fictitious things? He said, I think I think it's still years after the movie Shooter with um, Mark Wahlberg come out. And you know, he was like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know that that has the same impact. He said, I don't and again this is super paraphrasing because this has been years ago. The best I can remember, he basically said, you know, um, neither one of them force you to do something wrong, but one of them you know that it's real, and the other you know basically that it's it's pretend. Um, but I, I get torn on, on the whole... X made me do this, and then the whole being desensitized 
I was not exposed to certain things, I guess, at a young age. Uh, firearms being one of those. So I have a great respect for firearms. I don't enjoy shooting firearms at all, really. Um, it just doesn't do it for me. It's kind of fun sometimes for a little bit, but it's not something I can do all the time. I don't enjoy collecting them or looking at them. Or, I, I have them for protection, and I, I'm an advocate for that, and I believe that that's good, and, and I see no negatives in that. Um, but the massive amount of entertainment that I partook in as a youngster that involved guns and gun violence, then, you know, I I must be an anomaly because I don't have this lust or love for guns and violence. Of course, most of the people I know of that like those things don't have that propensity either. Now, there's people who like those things and are violent. But it's chicken and egg. Which came first? I, I would I would be willing to wager, and and a lot of a lot of what I've read over the years, especially in the wake of Columbine, would point heavily that more than likely the violence and those tendencies were there first. They just happened to enjoy them played out on screen. And, and Columbine's one of those things, you know. Music is a is, is a, a huge part of my life. And, you know, I can remember when Columbine happened, and and I had a hard time. I didn't want to watch news reports about it. I didn't want to read about it. I I was bummed out beyond all belief, but I was heartbroken for those kids. But I I was scared. You know, I was one of the first people who just panicked and was like, hey, what if that happened here? You know, I think a lot of people just thought it can't happen. It'll never happen again. It shouldn't have happened the first time. And I, I was I was scared of that, but never at any point did I believe Marilyn Manson caused these two guys to do this, or video games, or movies, and and you know that that just seemed to be the first the first line of attack for especially conservative people as well. It obviously this devil worshiping music and these movies and these video games has to be these video games. Ultra-violent video games. Somebody get Tipper Gore. Let's go after these people. Which I'm assuming they couldn't find Tipper. And, I mean, she went after Dee Snyder uh, in the 80s, I guess it was. <laughs> she couldn't handle Dee Snyder. She was not making it through Marilyn Manson. And, you know, it's not a defense of Marilyn Manson from the guise of a, a fan. You know, he, he just popped on my radar again here like because a friend of mine was like, hey, did you hear this new song? And I, I listened to it. I don't like Marilyn Manson. I don't like how he acts. I don't like how he carries himself. I don't like the sound of his voice. I don't like the orchestration of his music. Uh, I'm not a fan of his lyrical content. There's nothing about Marilyn Manson that I like. And that's not because of the type of music, per se. Uh, I love Slayer. I like Cradle of Filth. I like bands that, if you're going to, I guess, in some context, put in his ballpark, those two would fit, or Guar, um, or Corn. For somehow, he always got lumped into that batch, which I don't think. You know, I, I like the Beautiful People because of the riff, and I liked Sweet Dreams because it was a great cover. 
but it's not me defending him because I love Marilyn Manson. I actually don't care for Marilyn Manson at all, as a, in any way, shape, or form. I don't watch his interviews and think, "Oh, what an intellectually intelligent person." I don't. I don't see him do things or see him places and go, oh, I admire him in any way, shape, or form. Um, I'm completely and totally indifferent to him. I don't care if he exists or not. But I don't believe that you can blame the actions of two children on, on him because of something he said in a song. And I believe Eminem may have been thrown into that. Um, and I don't remember the video game that was. You know, I've purposely never viewed anything documentary-wise or anything in any way about Columbine. If I knew that it was something just honoring the survivors, naming them, and and honoring and naming the ones that were lost, I, I would not have a problem with it. You don't know what something's going to be from the get-go. And to me, even if you paint them in a negative light, um, to acknowledge by name or image or in any way these two monsters that did this, it's it's insulting to every victim involved. You know, and people like to point blame, you know, and why we need these things, why we need these satisfactions and these things. And 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 the music is the logical thing in that because you're you're looking at a bunch of Bible Belt parents who don't understand Manson and don't uh, are scared by what he does, you know. And I can't say that these kids weren't overly influenced. I can't say that they didn't base their decision to do what they were going to do on Marilyn Manson. It's very well possible, but it's still not his fault. See, there had to be something else there that that triggered that them to to do these things that they would have been triggered regardless of him. You know, something something would have led to that. You know, and and a lot of people in a situation like that are scared to death of, of taking blame. You know, uh, the the parents. I don't know the dynamic at home. Maybe they were trying the best they could do. Maybe they were doing the best possible job in this world. But they still have some blame there. It's not all their fault. But they still have some. The school system, who, my understanding, and, and look, send me an email, correct me if I'm wrong. My, my knowledge on this is very limited, and sometimes things get reported inaccurately. School system knew of of bullying and abuse and things, or at least that school and teachers in that school knew. So they have some blame there. The bullies who who bullied these children have a tremendous amount of blame. To me, they are the closest in being equal to who really is to blame, and that's these two young men. You know. If, if someone's uh, inappropriately molesting a child and they were molested, do both of those atrocities, their molestation and the molestation of their victims, fall on the person who, who, who molested them? And then does that in turn fall on the person behind them? Now, there has to be some personal responsibility. When you're dealing with adults, there has to be some personal responsibility. I understand these kids weren't adults. They were in high school. 
who knew murder was bad, and, and there has to be some personal responsibility there. And that's another thing. To take responsibility is not to, to be mean or harsh or, or to say that someone's a bad person. You know, it's to say that you had some you had something to do in the situation. I would say, and it's me guessing, but I think it would be a safe guess, mental illness held the most blame in this situation. Same thing with the gentleman who shot up the um, the movie theater or the church. Or I, I don't mention these people's names. That's I don't believe in that. I don't believe in glorifying this. That's why I don't watch things based on it. And it uh, it's just giving attention that isn't deserved. But were they desensitized? Is that part of the issue? Is that real? If I don't feel that a violent video game can make a an unaffected person, a previously unaffected person become a killer, then then how how can I feel about desensitized... I cannot say that word. Being desensitized to violence and things of that nature. I believe that's true. I really do believe that's true. And I, I can't watch violent things. I'm squeamish. And that, to, to some degree, that has to be me. And that's not to say, like, fight things and things of that nature, but, like, gory, bloody, nasty movies. Even though they're fake, I can't watch those things. I can't watch uh, real-life recountings or, or photos. I can't see photos. It's, it's disgusting to me. But it's not just disgusting. It's an inability to differentiate between real-life loss and artificial life loss via entertainment. To see a young person butchered in a horror movie, to watch something like Saw, they're vile. I, I don't I have no desire to watch that. But I don't believe it should be taken from other people that do. And I don't believe that just because those people are desensitized to a point that they can watch that, that they're wrong or they're bad or that they're going to hurt somebody. That's a matter of programming. That's a matter of programming your intake. It's also a matter of perception. It's highly, highly probable from everything I've looked at in the past that those people are just able to look at that imagery and immediately compute it as not real. And for some reason, although I can do it with anything else, I can't do it with gore and blood. I can do the violence and the killing, all that, but the gore and the blood, I still get sick to my stomach. I, you know... Maybe that's actually an issue with me instead of an issue with desensitization. Desensitization. You heard it. I can't say it. But maybe that is me, you know, and not not the issue of, of being overexposed. I don't believe that in most cases. I'm not saying that I don't believe that the that issues with me, but I do believe in a lot of cases people are simply just it's oversaturation of violence and things of that nature. But that's not to say that someone can't make a solid choice. After let's take Rage Against the Machine. We like, I like to talk about music. Let's talk about music. Let's take Rage Against the Machine. At 16, fell in love with Rage Against the Machine. I love Rage Against the Machine for lyrical content, lyrical structure, their vocals, uh, their musical abilities, how they structure songs together, how different their songs are, how they sound. Everything about Rage, I love. And at 16, almost everything that Rage Against the Machine believed in, I believed in. With the exception of one thing, communism. I've never, ever had a positive outlook on communism. There's a lot of things hidden in history, and there's a lot of things, a lot of false narratives put, put out there for us. 
And there's a lot of things like liberalism that I believe is one of the most important things in the world that a lot of people believe is destroying the world. And I would say real liberals very few and far between these days and the people claiming to be liberals are not. But now communism, communism is one of those things that I see no positives in throughout the annals of history. I see things that are indifferent. I see things that are bad. But I see very few things that are positive. Actually, to this today, I've seen none. I can't. I can't uh, give you an honest answer of any. Now, having said that, I was able to keep those things separate. My love for all the things rage, separate from their outspoken, open love for communism. Now, you move into now. I believe that they support people that are definitely not communists, but are um, part of a systemic problem and part equal parts of a bad thing. And I think that they have, in a lot of ways, sold out and went to a point of, look, this is just the side that we can make money off support, and let's, let's support this side. And I no longer have views that align with them, and I no longer feel the same way. But I listen to their music constantly. And I still have the same love for them. I was going to see them in concert this, I guess, this weekend. And it got postponed until um, until next year. So I, I wasn't tricked or conformed or changed or desensitized by that to be, you know, I, I'm not uh, living on the streets as a rebel, but I, I still have a lot of social... Um, beliefs that would line with theirs. But it's beliefs that I formed over time, over over experience and knowledge, not because I heard it in a song. And I understand there'll be people, there'll always be people that'll be easily influenced by things like that, but I don't think that that necessarily makes it true for everyone. I just can't see that to be the case. I don't think everyone's always going to like the excitement of a fire call. But again, could be something in me. I don't know. I really I really don't. But I look at all these things that are supposed to make me this violent, mean, cruel, um, heartless human being. And I played some of those games. But I didn't play as many. I mean, that's... That, in fairness, is a very true statement. Um, I'm not a huge horror fan. So that's two that just really don't. Now, to the contrary, I was an extremely, extremely uh, diehard fan of of bands like Rage and, and outspoken rebellious and politically rebellious acts. And... I was also huge in gun and war violence and movies and westerns and things like that. It's it's almost all I consumed for years. I was also raised by people who tried to help teach me right from wrong. People who have a lot of the same views that I have and have a lot of views that I completely and totally disagree with. I was surrounded by friends who did a lot of things wrong, but they did a lot of things right. And I, I look at all these various aspects of my life, and 
did I say that music has no influence on who and what I am? No, I can't say that. That would be a complete and total lie. Could I say that about film? No, it would be a complete and total lie. Could I say that about friends and neighbors in the area I grew up in? No, it would be a complete and total lie. I don't know what the situation was with me that allowed me to become me. Was it my desire to be different? Was it something in me that allowed me to look at things differently than other people? I I found very little about myself over the years that was special, trust me. And I don't think that that's the case. Was it an outweighing of better influences to bad influences? I could do an hour on nature versus nurture. Like most things in psychology, I would say, in my honest opinion, 60 to 75% of it's pseudoscience. But with nature versus nurture, it's something that we should be able to look at and somewhat uh, gauge. If you want my full belief, I believe that it's completely dependent on how strong the nature is and how strong the nurture is. I can can show you someone that 100% through nurture was raised completely different than the nature of their biological parent. There's a whole lot of tendencies there. A lot of the negative. I don't know any of the positive on that person, but a lot of the negative. There's a lot of positive in this person that I've never seen in the other. So I don't I don't know. But I don't believe that what this person listened to is music and things of that nature growing up cause them to be anything other than what they were going to be. I've thought so much about this over the last couple of days that it's one of the hardest podcasts I've ever had to give a definitive answer on. All I can do, not just because of the limitations of what I'm allowed to, to intake news and information wise I can do research and I have and it it, it's dependent on which way you want to believe to what information you'll find the internet's fickle that way but it seems to me and this is purely me there's no scientific basis for this I think I've heard it said many, many times by many people much more intelligent than myself. Everyone's different. And regardless of religious beliefs or lack thereof, maybe everyone's somewhat predetermined in their action, in their ways. Maybe we're more like animals in in pre-programming than I think. And I believe, I believe you can program people. I do. I believe you can impact and change people. But I don't believe that entertainment can do it. Uh, let me let me rephrase. That's that's facetious. I do believe to some degree that entertainment could do it. But I believe what prevents entertainment from doing it most of the time, what prevents music, what prevents movies, what present, prevents comics, what prevents books and literature. What prevents all of these things that we knowingly 
intake, knowing good and well it's designed for entertainment, that it's created, that it's cultivated, that it's not real. I feel that those things, because of our relationship with them, because of our knowing what they are, and to what degree of validity and truth lies in them, we process them differently. I think it's much easier to influence someone with a bad parent, to influence someone with bad friends, to influence someone with negative situations, situations that are real, situations that have actual impacts on real lives, on real emotions, on real physical encounters. I think those things are much more dangerous. I think people we trust, organizations and companies, and when they falsify information to us, that's more dangerous. I think it's easier to brainwash someone with Fox News or CNN than it is with a copy of Rambo and Kindergarten Cop. say kindergarten cop because apparently and I've not got to read this story yet and I can't wait I was told someone fought to have it banned in Portland I don't know if it's banned forever I don't know because it depicts five or six year olds being taken into custody and five or six year olds being arrested in the United States of America has become far too prevalent I don't know when I was little, cop movies made me want to be a cop. They didn't want to make me. They didn't make me want to be a cop that would put my knee on someone's neck like a coward and take their life like an animal because I was a useless, vile sack of crap. They didn't make me want to be that. They made me want to be the cop that worked with internal affairs and and fought the bad cops. They made me want to do better and be better and contribute to my community. They didn't make me do it to the point that I'd done it. it have that kind of impact on me. Mainly because they were for entertainment. I've seen kids who can watch horrible, horrible videos and horrible, horrible things. Do I think that's because they played a zombie video game, uh, watched a couple action movies and listened to a Marilyn Manson album? No. I think that's because they watch too many videos of violent, horrible things. Or, they were born with an aptitude and an appetite for horrible, violent things. We live in a world full of people who really like to point fingers. It's only when that finger's pointing back at them that they seem to find very much issue with things. I um, I like to point the finger at myself as often as possible. You know, I've said some horrible Columbine jokes. I've heard some horrible Columbine jokes. Sandy Hook. I mean, it doesn't take my compassion away. It doesn't change who I am or how I feel. It doesn't change the genuine 
sadness and heartache and concern I have for those situations believe in the freedom of speech and I believe that anything is funny and everything is funny and I believe that we have the ability and capacity to be both horrible and good and I do believe that on some level it has to be a personal choice does systemic racism cause bad people got a lot better chance of causing bad people than what's out on the movie theaters this week. It's not what's out on the movie theaters this week. We're in the middle of a COVID crisis, but you get the point. Just poverty and loss impact if people are good or bad? Yes. Yes. Just like systemic racism. But it goes both ways. Not every person who lost a daddy to black lung and lost a job in the mines to, you know, change an economy and lost a, a wife and family to Oxycontins turns out to be a bad person. Some of them go the exact opposite route and turn out to be great people because of the adversity they had to live through. They were... Victims of their environment. It's like not every person comes in out of a in, or grows up in an inner city and 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 acts gun violence and and sells rock and and does all these things because it's all they've ever seen around them. Because they become personally strong by enduring those things in their in their habitat and, and, and in their surroundings. And the opposite is true in both cases. In that point of view, when somebody does something really good, it's easy to say it was a matter of them choosing to be the better person. Them choosing to work harder, do better, be better. But when you're condemning someone, we don't always give them the same benefit of the doubt. Sometimes we'll automatically say, it's because of the culture they were in. It's because of the people they were around. It's because of all these factors. When really, to me, it seems like there's only two. It's because they were a bad person just like the other person was a good person. Or it's because the situation was either more than they could bear mentally. Or mentally, they weren't capable of ever functioning at a different speed. Good people fall. Good people trip. Some good people never get back up. Some good people get up first chance they get. Bad people do the same thing. But do they do? Do bad people do those things because of songs or movies or video games? No. No, they don't. How can I say that so positively and so emphatically? Because I just feel it. Because I just see it. Because it's so hard to take the time to sit down and and go through the bad and, and look at it and talk about it and consider it and think about it. So much easier to go through the good. And in the case of the good, you've got to give the good credit. 
So in the case of the bad, sometimes you got to give the bad credit. Is that to say that fixing these environments and maybe taking away some of this violence in media, in media, not in entertainment, would lead to change? Of course it would. Of course it would. Kind of look at it like this. If I had this flower I really wanted to grow. And I I knew that if I gave it water every day and sunlight and food, that that, that, that flower would grow and become strong and, and probably spread and, and bring me other flowers. And then at some point the water got hard to get. Or at some point I quit caring. And instead of feeding the plant with water, you take the same exact plant and feed it poison every day you kill it. I guess it comes to the question of what's poison? Is entertainment poison? Something you can objectively look at and, and see it for what it is? Or is the negative in real life poison? I don't know. I don't know. It's something I've thought about for two days and I've wrestled over and, and contemplated and went back and forth on. And I know Marilyn Manson didn't pull the trigger at Columbine. I know that. I, I know that when I tried to sit down and watch the the Hitchcock documentary, I believe is what it was, where he tried to make the World War II film, and I couldn't make it through the concentration camp scenes. It's the hardest thing I'd ever watched in my life. It broke me in so many ways. I know a person that watched it, watched it from beginning to end, and watched it with no hesitation, and I know he's a good person. I have... Sometimes maybe I, I I don't know, you know that that's is that entertainment is it, what is it what made him able to do that made me not able to do that is it because I'm not desensitized to that point. Does it mean that maybe one day I could be a mass shooter or he could be a mass shooter? I don't know, I don't know. But I, I want to further this conversation on down the road and talk about personal responsibility. And, and talk about the responsibility of people who produce media, news, and entertainment. But send me your emails before I make the, another episode way on down the road. I don't want to bum you guys out with these really heavy ones back to back. But send me your information or your, your emails. Um, Talkjunkie at gmail.com. I'll try to catalog some of those for the back. I know you guys have sent in a ton of stuff i got enough stuff for two more mailbag episodes. I can't just keep doing mailbag episodes. But I want you to keep sending stuff. I don't want you to quit because I don't do mailbags. Jeez, I'll cry me. got to give me a chance. you got to give me a chance to get called up. Um, I love you guys. And I appreciate you. And uh, I hope that this podcast is not a negative uh, impact on anyone's life and doesn't get flagged as something that you shouldn't watch. But... Uh, don't suck. Don't die. Be good to people.